This is episode 487 of the AWS podcast, released on November 30th, 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Sam Lesh here with you. Great to have you back for day two of our 2021 reInvent coverage. Today, we'll be talking about some of the announcements from Adam Salipsky's keynote and also from the partner keynote session as well. So let's start with the topic of the AWS Marketplace. AWS customers can now find, subscribe to, and deploy third-party applications that run in any Kubernetes environment from AWS Marketplace. So this is really handy because it extends the existing AWS Marketplace for containers capability. Now, previously, you could find and buy containerized third-party applications from the AWS Marketplace and deploy it into Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service or ECS. Uh, Now you can deploy third-party Kubernetes applications to on-premises environments using Amazon Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service Anywhere or any customer self-managed Kubernetes clusters in on-premises environments or in EC2. So there are over 500 different applications from a whole raft of independent software vendors. Each application is scanned for common vulnerability and exposures before being made available in the catalog. Onto the topic of analytics, some great announcements here. Firstly, we're thrilled to announce in preview Amazon Redshift Serverless. So this allows you to run and scale analytics without having to provision and manage data warehouse clusters. So with Amazon Redshift Serverless, all users, including data analysts, developers, and data scientists can now use Amazon Redshift to get insights from data in seconds. Amazon Redshift Serverless automatically provisions and intelligently scales data warehouse capacity to deliver best-in-class performance for all your analytics. Now, you only pay for the compute used for the duration of the workloads on a per-second basis. And you can benefit from this simplicity without making any changes to your existing analytics and business intelligence applications. So when you get up and running, there's no need to choose node types, node count, workload management, scaling, and other manual configurations. You can take advantage of some preloaded sample data sets and sample queries as well to just get up and running. You can create databases, schemas, tables, load your own data from S3, access data via Amazon Redshift data shares, or restore existing Redshift provision cluster snapshots into that environment as well. Now, Amazon Redshift Serverless also enables you to directly query data in open formats such as Parquet in Amazon S3 data lakes, as well as data in your operational databases. So things like Amazon Aurora and Amazon RDS. Now, this makes it so much easier to get up and running and analyzing quickly. It's available in preview in US East North Virginia, US West North California, Oregon, Europe, Frankfurt, Ireland, Asia Pacific, Tokyo. Now, speaking of analytics that are serverless, we're thrilled to introduce Amazon EMR serverless in preview as well. This is a new serverless option in Amazon EMR that, again, helps you get up and running into petabyte scale really, really fast. Now, EMR is a cloud big data platform used by customers to run large-scale distributed data processing jobs, interactive SQL queries, and machine learning applications using open-source analytics frameworks like Apache Spark, Apache Hive, and Presto. With EMR Serverless, you can now run applications built using these frameworks with a few clicks. And again, no configuration or optimization or security of clusters required. It just automatically provisions and scales the compute memory required for the application and you pay for what you use. Now, you simply specify the open source framework and version that you want to use for your application and you submit jobs using APIs, EMR Studio or JDBC, ODBC clients. EMR Serverless automatically determines and provisions the compute and memory resources required to process requests and scales the resources up and down at different stages of the processing based upon changing requirements. So for example, a Spark job may need two executors for the first five minutes, 10 executors for the next 10 minutes, five executors for the last 20 minutes to process your data. 
EMR serverless automatically provisions and adjusts resources as required, so you don't have to worry when your data volumes change over time. And because you're only paying for the resource you use, it's very cost-effective for some of those petabyte-scale analytics as well. It's available in preview in US East, North Virginia. We're also thrilled to announce Amazon Kinesis Data Streams On Demand. This is a serverless streaming data service that makes it easy to capture, process, and store streaming data at any scale. Now, this is a new capacity mode for Kinesis Data Streams, which is capable of serving gigabytes of write and read throughput per minute without capacity planning. You can create a new on-demand data stream or convert an existing data stream into the on-demand mode with a single click, and you don't have to provision a managed service, storage, or throughput. And you pay for throughput consumed rather than provisioned resources, which makes it easier to balance cost and performance. We're also thrilled to introduce Amazon MSK serverless in public preview. Now, this is a new type of Amazon MSK cluster that makes it easy for developers to run Apache Kafka without having to manage its capacity. So again, automatically provisions and scales compute and storage resources and offers throughput-based pricing. So you can use Apache Kafka on demand and pay for the data you stream and retain. So again, up and running in a few clicks, pay-as-you-go pricing, no upfront commitment, no minimal fee. You pay an hourly rate per cluster and an hourly rate for each partition that you create. You also pay per gig of data throughput and storage. This is now available for public preview in US East Ohio. Great update for AWS Lake Formations. It now has the general availability of three new capabilities that make building, securing, and managing your data lakes easier. First, Lake Formation Govern Tables is a new type of table on Amazon S3 that simplifies building resilient data pipelines with multi-table transaction support. As data is added or changed, Lake Formation automatically manages conflicts and errors to ensure that all users see a consistent view of the data. This eliminates the need for customers to create custom error handling code or batch your updates. Second, Govern Tables monitor and automatically optimize how data is stored so query times are consistent and fast. And thirdly, in addition to tables and columns, Lake Formation now supports row and cell level permissions, which makes it more easy to restrict access to sensitive information by granting users access to only the portions of the data they're allowed to see. Now, Govern Tables, row and cell level permissions are now supported through Amazon Athena, Amazon Redshift Spectrum, AWS Glue, and Amazon QuickSight. Now, this is available today in US East North Virginia, US East Ohio, US West Oregon, Europe Island, and Asia Pacific Tokyo, with more to come. Another great data announcement is Amazon Athena Acid Transactions powered by Apache Iceberg in Preview. This is a new capability that adds write, delete, update, and time travel operations to Athena's SQL data manipulation language. Athena Asset Transactions lets multiple concurrent users make reliable row-level modifications to their Amazon S3 data from Athena's console API and ODBC and JDBC drivers. It's built on the Apache Iceberg table format and Athena Asset Transactions are compatible with other services and engines such as Amazon EMR and Apache Spark that support the Iceberg table format. These are available for preview in US East North Virginia, US West Oregon, and Europe Island. And a final analytics-related announcement is the AWS Data Exchange for APIs. This is a new feature that enables customers to find, subscribe to, and use third-party API products from providers on AWS Data Exchange. So with AWS Data Exchange for APIs, customers can leverage AWS native authentication and governance, explore consistent API documentation, and utilize supported AWS SDKs to make API calls. It also means that data providers can now reach millions of AWS customers that consume API-based data by adding their APIs to the AWS Data Exchange catalog and more easily manage subscriber authentication, entitlement, and billing. 
This is available in all regions where AWS Data Exchange is available. Moving on to the topic of compute, AWS Outpost is now available in two smaller form factors. You can now get 1U and 2U rack mountable servers. These are now generally available. So these are really useful to provide local compute and networking services to edge locations that have limited space or small capacity requirements. So these are ideal for running workloads that need low latency or local data processing on premises, whilst giving you seamless access to the broad array of AWS services in the cloud. The One U server is 19 inches wide, 24 inches deep, and comes with C6GD instances powered by Gravitron 2, with 64 vCPUs, 128 gig of memory, and four terabytes of local NVMe storage. The Two U server is 19 inches wide, 30 deep, and has the C6GID instances with the third generation Xeon scalable processors, 128 vCPUs, 256 gig of memory, and eight terabytes of local NVMe storage. We're happy to announce some new EC2 types. Today we're announcing the preview of AWS Trainium-based Amazon EC2 TRN1 instances. AWS Trainium is the second machine learning chip built by AWS and is optimized for high-performance deep learning training. TRN1 instances will deliver the best price performance for training deep learning models in the cloud for use cases such as natural language processing, object detection, image recognition, recommendation engines, intelligent search, and more. They support up to 16 Trainium accelerators, up to 800 gig of EFA networking throughput, which is double what's available on GPU-based instances, and ultra-high-speed intra-instance connectivity for the fastest ML training in Amazon EC2. They are deployed in EC2 Ultra clusters and can be scaled to tens of thousands of Trainium accelerators with petabit-scale non-blocking networking. These TRN Ultra clusters are 2.5 times larger than previous generation EC2 Ultra clusters and serve as a powerful supercomputer to rapidly train the most complex deep learning models. We're also announcing the next generation storage optimized Amazon EC2 IM4GN and IS4GEN instances. These instances are built on the Adibus Nitro system and are powered by Adibus Graviton 2 processors. You get up to 30 terabytes of storage with the new Adibus Nitro SSDs that are custom designed by Adibus to maximize the storage performance of IO intensive workloads such as SQL and NoSQL databases, search engines, distributed file systems, and data analytics, which continuously read and write from the SSDs in a sustained manner. Adibus Nitro SSDs enable up to 60% lower latency and 75% reduced latency variability in these instances compared to the third generation of storage optimized instances. So this means you can maximize the number of transactions processed per second for IO intensive workloads. They're also a great fit for search engines, data analytics, and really anything that needs very fast access to data sets on local storage. And again, you should always be reviewing your instance types because these offer great benefits. For example, the IM4GN instances offer up to 40% better price performance and 44% lower cost per terabyte compared to the i3 instances for running typical types of applications. They also provide up to 100 gig of networking and support for the Elastic Fabric adapter, so you get high levels of internode communication. And speaking of new instance types, we're also pleased to announce the Amazon EC2 C7G instances powered by the latest generation of custom-designed AWS Graviton 3 processors, which are available in preview. These will provide the best price performance in Amazon EC2 for compute-intensive workloads, such as high-performance compute, gaming, video encoding, and CPU-based machine learning and inference. Now, these instances are the first in the cloud to feature the cutting-edge DDR5 memory technology, which provides 50% more bandwidth compared to DDR4 memory. 
C7G instances provide 20% higher networking bandwidth compared to the previous generation C6G instances, and they also support the Elastic Fabric Adapter for applications like high-performance compute. Now, AWS Graviton 3 is the latest in the Graviton family of processors that are custom designed by AWS to provide the best price performance for workloads in Amazon EC2. They give you up to 25% better compute performance, up to two times higher floating point performance, and up to two times faster cryptographic workload performance compared to the AWS Graviton 2 processors. Graviton 3 processes to deliver up to three times better performance compared to Graviton 2 processors for CPU-based machine learning workloads with support for BFLOAT16 and FP16 instructions. And these processes also support pointer authentication for enhanced security, in addition to always-on 256-bit memory encryption available in AWS Graviton 2. And speaking of Graviton, I'm thrilled to announce the AWS Graviton Ready program. AWS Graviton Ready partners offer Graviton-enabled software products, including operating systems of platform services, security monitoring and observability, CI, CD, data analytics, and cloud devices. And these partners validate, optimize, and support their software on AWS Graviton-based instances. And these software products are vetted by AWS partner solution architects to ensure customers have a consistent experience when using the software on AWS Graviton-based instances as they do on other instances. This makes it easier for you to choose what you want to run. And finally, on the topic of compute, AWS Carpenter version 0.5 is now generally available. Now, Carpenter with a K is an open source Kubernetes cluster autoscaling project and is now generally available with version 0.5 and ready to use in production environments. This is a flexible, high-performance Kubernetes cluster autoscaler that helps improve application availability and resource utilization. Carpenter launches right-sized EC2 instances in response to changing application load in under a minute. These EC2 instances are based on the specific needs of a cluster's workloads like compute, storage, acceleration, scheduling requirements, etc. Today, Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service supports clusters using Carpenter on AWS, although Carpenter is designed to work with any conformant Kubernetes cluster. On to the topic of customer engagement. Contact Lens for Amazon Connect has announced new machine learning powered call summation. Now, this helps businesses improve the productivity of contact center agents and managers so they focus on providing excellent customer experiences, which is what we want. Now, typically a contact center agent spends several minutes after each call summarizing the notes and managers spend a significant amount of time listening to call recordings or reading transcripts when they're investigating customer issues. With call summarization, Contact Lens identifies key parts of the customer conversations and applies a label. So an issue, an outcome, an action item, and displays a summary that can be expanded to view the full transcript of the call. So call summation lets agents consistently and accurately capture key parts of the customer interaction and revisit the summary when following up with a customer to resolve an issue. This makes it a lot easier for everyone to get a better outcome. Call summation has no additional charge and works straight out of the box without the need for technical expertise. So get up and running. Onto the topic of databases, Amazon TimeStream now offers faster and more cost-effective time series data processing through scheduled queries, multi-measure records, and magnetic storage rights. These features enable customers to write, store, and access the time series data more economically and efficiently so you can get the insights you need. With scheduled queries, customers simply define the queries for computing aggregates, roll-ups, and other real-time analytics on their data along with the frequency in which it must be run. Then Amazon TimeStream periodically and automatically runs the scheduled queries and reliably writes the query results to a configurable destination table within a few minutes. 
So then you just point your dashboard to that and away you go. So much more performance, much more cost effective and much fresher data as well. You can also choose to reduce the data retention period of your source tables and optimize your spend as well. We also now support multi-measure records, which is a new data modeling capability that enables faster data writes, efficient data storage, performer data access, and ease of use. So what this means is you can store multiple time series measures in a single table row instead of storing one measure per row. So this optimized data layout reduces the volume of data stored in a table, which helps you lower your storage spend and improves query performance and minimizes the cost of analytical queries. The multi-measure records also make it easier for customers to migrate time series and queries from existing relational databases to Amazon Timestream with minimal changes. And the last update, Timestream also allows customers to write their late arrival data into the magnetic store so you can further optimize your data storage spent. So late arrival data is data with a timestamp that's in the past. You can now use existing write APIs to send late arrival data to the magnetic store by enabling a property on the tables. With magnetic storage writes, customers no longer have to maintain a memory store with a large data retention period for the purpose of processing late arrival data. You can now set your memory store data retention period to match the high performance throughput data ingestion and fast point in time query requirement of your application. And then you use the magnetic store for asynchronous processing of the late arrival data or long-term data storage. Onto the topic of machine learning. We're really thrilled to announce the Amazon SageMaker Canvas. This is a visual, no-code interface to build accurate machine learning models. And this gives you a visual point-and-click interface and you don't have to code. So this provides an intuitive user interface to quickly connect to and access data from disparate sources and prepare data for building ML models. SageMaker Canvas leverages powerful AutoML technology from Amazon SageMaker, which automatically trains and builds models based on your data set. This allows SageMaker Canvas to identify the best model based on your data set so you can generate single or bulk predictions. SageMaker Canvas is integrated with SageMaker Studio, which makes it easy for business analysts to share models with data scientists, so you can go back and forth between each other. And SageMaker Canvas helps analysts within an enterprise, regardless of their technical skills, to create accurate machine learning models from disparate data sets and collaborate more effectively with data scientists. This is now available in US East Ohio, US East North Virginia, US West Oregon, Europe Frankfurt, Europe Ireland, regions with more to come. Onto the topic of management and governance. You can now deny services and operations for AWS regions of your choice with AWS Control Tower. Region deny capabilities complement existing AWS Control Tower region selection and region deselection features, which gives you the capabilities to address compliance and regulatory requirements, whilst improving cost efficiency of expanding into additional regions. So for example, AWS customers in Germany can deny access to AWS services in regions outside of the Frankfurt region. You can select which regions you'd like to restrict and you can prevent end users from deploying resources using the Control Tower setup process or in the landing zone setting pages for already established environments. Onto the topic of modernization. We're really pleased to announce AWS Mainframe Modernization. This allows customers to migrate and modernize their on-premises mainframe workloads to a managed and highly available runtime environment on AWS. Now the service currently supports two main migration patterns, replatforming and automated refactoring, allowing customers to select their best fit migration path and associated tool chains based on their migration assessment results. So AWS mainframe modernization uses a four-step process. First, analyze. It uses an analysis tool to analyze your applications and dependencies, so you can assess what you need to do and plan for it. Develop, update your applications as needed for the migration and modernization process, and also update them for ongoing maintenance. 
deploy, create runtime environments and deploy your applications to them, and then operate, manage and run your applications in AWS managed runtime environments. So this is a really useful new capability that I think will be very beneficial for a lot of customers who are working their way out of a mainframe world. Onto the topic of networking and content delivery. We are announcing the preview of AWS Private 5G. This is a new managed service that helps enterprises set up and scale private 5G mobile networks in their facilities in days instead of months. With just a few clicks in the AWS console, customers specify where they want to build a mobile network and the network capacity needed for their devices. AWS then delivers and maintains these small cell radio units, servers, 5G core and radio access network or RAN software, and subscriber identity modules or our old friends the SIM cards required to set up a private 5G network and connect devices. AWS Private 5G automates the setup and deployment of the network and scales capacity on demand to support additional devices and increase network traffic. There are no upfront fees or per device costs with AWS Private 5G. Customers pay only for the network capacity and throughput they request. Now, if you're wondering where this fits, well, many enterprise networks are constrained by increasing growth in users, devices, and application demands. Increased video content, new applications that need ultra-low latency connectivity to end-user devices, and thousands of smart IoT devices demand extended coverage, more capacity, better reliability, and robust security and access control. Now, customers want to build their own private 5G networks to address these limitations, but private mobile network deployments require customers to invest considerable time, money, and effort to design their network for anticipated peak capacity. Then you've got to procure and integrate software, get the hardware components, multiple vendors. And even if customers are able to get the network running, current private mobile network pricing models charge for each connected device and make it cost prohibitive for use cases that involve thousands of connected devices. So Amazon Private 5G simplifies the procurement and deployment, allowing customers to deploy their own 4G LTE or 5G network within days, and away you go. This is available in preview in the United States. You can check out the sign-up page. On to the topic of storage. Amazon S3 adds new S3 event notifications for S3 lifecycle, S3 intelligent sharing, object tags, and object access control lists. This is really handy when you're building event-driven applications because these events are triggered when objects are transitioned or expired or deleted with S3 lifecycle or moved around the different tiers that they evolve in. You can also do a whole bunch of other changes based upon changes that take place. So this is reacting to changes that take place in your storage environment. So for example, you can automatically update your Amazon DynamoDB tables, AWS Glue data catalogs or media asset managers to track whether your data per your S3 lifecycle configuration has transitioned into a storage class with retrieval times of minutes or hours or has been expired. In addition, you can now use S3 event notifications for changes in object tags to build applications that invoke an AWS Lambda function to resize images or to run machine learning services with Amazon recognition. Now, these new event notifications are available in all commercial AWS regions and the AWS GovCloud US regions as well. Now, speaking of Amazon S3 event notifications, you can now use them with Amazon EventBridge to build advanced serverless applications faster. So this makes it easier to act on new data in S3 and build multiple applications that react to object changes simultaneously and replay fast events all without creating additional copies of objects or developing new software. With the increased flexibility to process events and send them to multiple targets, you can now create new serverless applications with advanced analytics and machine learning at scale more confidently without writing single-use customer code. 
So Amazon S3 event notifications with Amazon EventBridge allow you to make use of advanced filtering and rating capabilities and send events to 18 targets, including AWS Lambda, Kinesis, Step Functions, and SQS. So this can help you simplify your architecture significantly and reduce the amount of kind of boilerplate code you need to have in place to do things. Amazon S3 event notifications in Amazon EventBridge is now available in all commercial AWS regions. Amazon EBS Snapshots has introduced a new tier, the Amazon EBS Snapshot Archive, aimed at reducing the cost of long-term retention of EBS snapshots by up to 75%. So this is really good if you want to retain your EBS snapshots for more than 90 days and you really access them. Now, EBS snapshots are incremental, storing only the changes since the last snapshot and making them cost-effective for daily and weekly backups that need to be accessed frequently. Now, you might also have snapshots you access every few months or years, and you don't need fast access to the data. So these are things like uh, snapshots created at the end of a project or that need to be retained for long-term regulatory reasons. For such use cases, you can now use EBS Snapshots Archive to store full point-in-time snapshots at a storage cost that is far lower than the traditional pricing. Snapshots in the archive tier have a minimum retention period of 90 days, and there's a charge for retrievals from the archive tier. Now, you can archive snapshots with a single API call, and when you archive a snapshot, a full snapshot archive is created that contains all the data needed to create your EBS volume. To create a volume from the snapshot archive, you can restore the snapshot archive to the standard tier, and then create an EBS volume from the snapshot the same way you do today. Now, this feature is available at the moment in all AWS commercial regions, with the exception of China, Asia-Pacific Seoul, Asia-Pacific Osaka, and Canada Central, and South America, Sao Paulo at the moment. And final storage update today is the ability to recover from accidental deletions of your snapshots using RecycleBin. This is really useful to meet your business continuity needs. So previously, if you accidentally deleted a snapshot, you'd have to roll back to a snapshot from an earlier point in time. So your recovery point objective suddenly got bigger. With RecycleBin, you can specify a retention time period and recover a deleted snapshot before the expiration of the retention period. A recovered snapshot retains its attributes such as tags, permissions, and encryption status, which it had prior to deletion and can be immediately used for creating volumes. Snapshots that are not recovered from the recycle bin are permanently deleted upon expiration of the retention time. Now you can enable recycle bin for all the snapshots or a subset of snapshots in your account by creating one or more retention rules. And you can use tags in retention rules to specify a subset of snapshots that should move to the recycle bin upon deletion. Now, EBS snapshots in the recycle bin are billed at the same price as EBS snapshots, but it gives you an extra level of protection if you're not so sure about what you're about to delete. This feature is now available in all AWS commercial regions with the exception of China. So I hope there was something exciting for you in there. You can dive deep through the links that are in the show notes. Look forward to continuing the coverage. Much more to come. Love your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.